Egyptian Streets podcast, Kahirat Edition. Kahirat are overpowering, victorious. They are Egyptian women. I'm Noran Morsi, your storyteller for this season. This summer, Egyptian Streets is bringing you stories of 10 Egyptian women from Al Kahira and the world. 10 women, 10 stories, endless power. Today's Kahira is a photographer and visual artist who's been featured on publications like Vice Arabia, New York Times, and Harper's Bazaar Arabia. Her editorial work includes Unity Designs, Feluka's music video, and Christian Nobuton. My name is Najla Saeed. <laughs> I'm a visual artist uh, based in Cairo. I'm also a, a media design student at the German University in Cairo. And uh, right now I've been focusing on photography the past two years. Najla was born in Do'i and she was raised in Cairo her whole life. And I wanted to get to know a bit more about her childhood and where she came from. I think I had a pretty like fun, playful, uh, <laughs> like, I feel like I, I was a very playful kid. I, I liked cooking and discovering things and drawing and uh, meeting new people. I, was, I used to dance in front of like so many people at gatherings. And, <laughs> and I think what you're most known for is your photography. How did you get started with photography or was it first all of the visual arts? Mm. Uh, so I, I honestly, any up until, like after a senior year in high school, I had no clue what I wanted to do, for some reason at all, and then I, uh, I got like I was enrolled in like a, uh, I got enrolled in like a, an institute in Paris, uh, like an applied arts institute. I felt like, I was kind of trying to see what did I really like as a child, and then try to maybe reincorporate that in my life somehow, even though I've been disconnected from it for so long. Like, I th- I was really, like, going for another direction. Like, I was going to go for, like, anthropology or political science or... I really did not see my... Like, I didn't even think about art at all until I was like, no, I think I really want to do something that brings out my inner child a bit. Uh, so then I, I applied to that institute in Paris and I went... Uh, I was supposed to do my whole bachelor there. But it was um, it was more of like a, like the first year is a foundation year. When I was in that year, Kida, I a lot of the professors would tell me that my work was more artist than designer, and this degree was mostly to get you the any like graduated as a designer. And I I didn't really like Paris, so I was like I want to go back to Cairo. Uh, so then I came here and I enrolled in the German University, which is also like. Anyway, which the bachelor is also like a design bachelor. It's not an art bachelor at all. Uh, <laughs> but I think it gave me like the opportunity to do things on the side somehow uh, when I came back. Uh, I think that's a very good segue to my next question, oh. which is like <laughs> your glad. relationship to Egypt and Cairo and like how your Egyptian identity and identity mm. as someone who lives in Cairo yeah. contributes to your work. Mm. I, I, um, I feel like Cairo is a main thing in my work. It's always in the back of my mind. It's always a part of, if I have any like personal element in a shoot or something, I feel like it always goes back to the city or an experience that at least, at least happened here. Um, but I don't know, Yanni. I think I didn't really. Ha- I mean, I always felt connected to Cairo, but I think the connection got stronger when I when I left and came back. So I actually left uh, for a year during high school, and I went to live in Boston with my mother. 
uh, and I also didn't like it, so then I came back, <laughs> and then, and then when I came back, I started to have like I started to be aware of things. I feel like when you live in Cairo your whole life and you think Cairo is the world, you, or at least for me, I just I didn't think there was like you're not really aware of of how <laughs> overwhelming it actually is. For example, and you start to be numb to things either sonically or visually. But you have to, to to cope, you have to numb something out. Like, you can't just feel it all. At I feel like when you don't have Cairo in your life for, like, a year or something, then you come back and you start to understand what it actually is. But I think I specifically felt this more when I came back from Paris because I started to really see things differently. Like, all the streets that I would be so used to, I started to actually observe them and not just have them in my subconscious somewhere. Like it was something that I was aware of. Like I would consciously observe and contemplate things either by, if I'm passing by in a, like in a car or anything, it's not anything formal, yani. but everything just contributed to my visual memory of it. And, and then I think how now I deal with um, my work. It's no secret that living in Egypt provides some restrictions or limitations on art and honestly freedom of speech and um, with photography that's a really specific medium to have control over as an artist so I wanted to ask Najla how she feels about that and what her experience with it was like it makes it difficult in the sense that you don't have the freedom to express yourself as you would have wished you would Um, but the, the fact that it doesn't maybe also makes you work harder but to make things maybe more subtle or more abstract or uh it it changes the actual process of uh of like working as an artist so if you have like a project the process will be completely different when you're here because there are so many things you need to navigate through it's like a maze and you just need to know how to find yourself on the other like on the other side it's not it's not direct but I feel like it really for me it teaches me how to to just know what I want and know the the obstacles that are gonna face me and then be ready for them so then I think it really does affect the way I I express myself visually I know that some things I cannot or for now will basically get me in trouble if I just put them out there visually but then it actually makes me in my process not so straightforward or at least in the outcome you have this I don't know there's this tendency to be devious but in in, in, a, in a way that challenges your creativity constantly which I find really interesting and I find interesting as well with other artists because I feel like it's the recurrent thing what kind of stories do you want to, that like do you try to tell through your photos so I, I, I really struggled with a common theme because for a while when I was still like two years ago when I began taking pictures it was really random it was more of like Oh, I just shoot some things in the street. I'd go out with some of my friends and start shooting. Or um, someone would tell me, oh, come come shoot this and I'll come shoot it. And I, I didn't really have any sort of agenda, actually. Like, I I was just trying it out. I was playing around. I didn't know where it was going. I didn't know if I was good at it. Nothing at all. And I really remember that something really pissed me off that I, like, a year and a half later, I still felt like I had no idea what my theme is like I feel like when I looked at other people's work I always felt and yes you can kind of feel that 
there's some sort of recurrent element, at least, either visually or conceptually, in someone's work. And I felt like I really could not pinpoint what mine was. And I thought that maybe my work was like completely lost and scattered and everything until, I don't know when, but I think someone maybe jokingly said uh, once, like, oh, like, you only shoot women or something like that. And then I was like, and then I looked at my work and I realized I only shot, <laughs> shot women, maybe like one guy or something. And it was... For me, it wasn't even like something I thought through. It wasn't even like, I didn't even notice. Like I I was completely blind to it. And I just did not realize that I was all along shooting women. And I was always attracted to actually these themes that revolved around women. So so then I was like, well, why am I belittling this? This is actually something that came innately through my work and I didn't force it I never consciously decided to shoot women or or to comment on femininity or anything and then I found myself suddenly with all of like the scattered work I had done always going back to that element or always expressing something at least that is about me as a woman it was never me objectively as a human I feel like it was always from the perspective of me as a woman in Cairo, it's it's like a long sentence, yeah. But so then I I think I think for me that's what my work is about now. After I discovered, I think it's I I think I really try to portray something or say something about womanhood or being a woman and and yani not necessarily through the eye of like oh we're we're so miserable and and like any it's it's in a way to regain power like it's not just about oh this is what it feels like to be a woman it's more of like this is the kind of woman i'm gonna be and (laughs) i don't care who any who's gonna like be an obstacle to that one of my favorite projects of yours is the sister oh sister well what's your favorite project that you've uh done Mm. Definitely for me as well, like I completely agree with you. Like for me as well, I think it's Ochti uh, Ochti because it's, it's, I think it's my first, uh, it's the first time since I've kind of started working, especially also working with brands and fashion editorials and things like that, that I've had the time to just kind of stop and then th- reassess everything that I've done and then be like, so what do, what kind of, message do I want to communicate in the future? It's not necessarily like a message in the form of like a moral thing, but it's more of like a question. And uh, so then I think it kind of came in quarantine uh, that I had just, I was kind of looking at my sketchbooks and notebooks and seeing all the ideas that I just never had time to even like think twice about. And then I realized that I had this this idea written out, which... The first, the first idea that I had written out, and I didn't really know what the rest was gonna be, is the the mo- the girls on the motorcycle, and that's the only thing I had. So then I, but I kind of had it visually in my head somehow. I I don't know how it ended up there, but it was just there, and I had never really given it time to produce it or anything. And then I think when my uni was online, and 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 then I all of my client commissions were cancelled it kind of felt like a woohoo, I'm finally going to work on my, all the things that I, I really did not think I would ever have the time to do. Uh, so that was a, that was a, I think that's why it's also my favorite because it's, it's something that really purely comes 
for me like it's not it's not client based it's not uh, affected by anyone it's it's something that i actually had the time to do and uh and really did my best to do it even though there were obviously obstacles when it comes to funding and things like that and it was like my first personal project since i've only done work through clients so i also maybe forgot a bit what my natural eye gravitates towards so it was a really good point for me any apart from the visual outcome but also for me as a project it, it's very close to my heart yeah is there a particular egyptian photographer that inspires you uh so many of course <laughs> uh what comes to mind is malak abeni uh she's based in london but she's a she's an amazing amazing photographer and i don't know she's like out of this world are we <laughs> film or digital and why <laughs> oh <laughs> so i think in the Okay, I'm a bit biased, obviously, because I, I mean, I prefer to shoot analog. I kind of always wanted to have a camera, and then when I had one, I had a digital, and I would, it would mostly be like me shooting, I don't know, self portraits in my room, or it kind of, it's a good way for me to to just have like an immediate uh, outcome and kind of see what I'm actually doing in the same time. Um, And then when I was leaving Paris like some people like some of my friends came over and we had like a little farewell so someone brought like a um like a disposable analog camera and I I was so intrigued by it I was like what is this what is this thing how do you do it uh, when is how, where are these pictures how when am I going to see them and I I still actually haven't seen them until now which is like three years later I'm going to cry about <laughs> uh but I remember that it it really lingered with me and when i came back to cairo uh i felt that I, something in me was really calling for the eye. i i wanted to try this analog whatever this is but it was so intimidating like i had spoken to a few people felt like what if i mess up all the pictures what if I, i i was so intimidated by it and i didn't know where to begin so i kind of remembered this disposable camera and i was like okay maybe this is a good way to start because i don't have to do anything i don't even have to touch it all it comes ready and it leaves ready like not, nothing really i don't have to do anything on, on my own so i was like okay like i i looked for it in cairo and i fa- i found like i found it somewhere and then i i it was so hilarious because i just kept shooting with disposable cameras which was like like even when i went to develop uh, my film at like the dark room cairo uh they, they were jokingly say like at some point they actually stopped me they were like naja this is like your seventh <laughs> disposable camera and you're wasting so much and there's no use to like you already know obviously you now are a bit more acquainted with the whole process so why don't you just buy a camera <laughs> so i got the lecture finally and i was like okay well maybe i don't have to like keep you know shooting with this it's kind of ridiculous so um it's also like a kind of a horrible outcome uh no matter what you do so then i was like okay and i okay i have to buy a camera and then at some point i traveled somewhere and i i i got a camera and the guy kind of explained to me how it worked so i was like okay i i feel like i have a hang of this and then i just started shooting with a 35 millimeter and I, and then so for me I have a very special relationship with film because it's kind of what got me to shoot more. Before it was only like shooting in my room, something like that on the go, but it wasn't really like 
But my camera was started to always be there with me, the analog one. So, and I kind of felt like not seeing the picture somehow made me have a better eye to things because I wasn't obsessed with an outcome. I was just actually more obsessed with uh, catching a certain uh, like moment or something as stereotypical as this sounds. But in the beginning, it was more of like, things on the street that I, it was more of like a way to, to visually archive what Cairo meant to me. Uh, so the camera was, the analog camera was there because it was just, it made me also a better, a better like critic to my own work because when I didn't see my work for so long until it got developed, like 10 days later or something, I really felt like I could be a better and actually more objective viewer to these pictures and assess them way more like at least objectively than I would have in the beginning because I kind of forgot what I took so then when I see them I know immediately not always obviously but most of the time I'm able to know if it's a good picture if it's a or if it sucks yeah. but it, there wasn't the confusion of but it means something to me so I don't know if if I like it or not no it's it becomes more objective and I feel like it just creates this distance that is kind of healthy to the, to the work itself yeah so I think the answer is film. <laughs> <So I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I definitely understand. Any, uh, I mean, I love so many people who have, yeah, like people, I love like so many, obviously people who shoot with digital and I do as well, especially with like client work and um, like things like that. Uh, a lot of time digital is preferred and, and analog is kind of viewed as like a risky outcome, even though it isn't. And <laughs> It's like, uh, but any for my for on any, if it was just a, for me, I would always choose analog. Always. Yeah. My last question, Lazar, is um, yeah. <laughs> what would your advice be to a young and up and coming, maybe aspiring photographer in high school or early college, or any age? I I think don't don't look outside of, of what you currently have like if you find yourself already gravitating towards a subject or an object or an element or it could be anything trust the like trust your gut like trust the fact that you naturally saw this thing and decided to shoot it even go through your camera roll on your phone and see what are the things that usually in the street for example it doesn't okay maybe for me because i immediately think of the street but even if someone's at home or whatever or they're in like a forest or something and what are the things that really capture their attention like what really grabs your attention and and trust that this is already like like a lead that you should like it's a it's like a thread and you should really follow that thread um you just have to find it and and that's the thing i feel like so many, so many people think that they they're gonna find it with and, and that it's kind of unreachable to to find that theme or something and i feel like it's actually there it's always there in plain sight and you just have to trust that it's already here within you and you don't need to look outside and i think also like make things personal not in the sense that you have to talk about the most traumatizing thing that happened to you because that also is extremely difficult but personal is also the things that that you um you simply like as superficial as that sound you know it doesn't have to be something that is completely pretentious and conceptual and wow this is so like like it doesn't have to be that at all i think just keep it personal keep things 
don't do something that is uh, يعني, I mean, it could be obviously like inspired from this movie or something. But if this movie touched something personal in you, but if it's more of like, ah, oh, I love this and I saw it in a Marvel movie, it's like, how is this related to your life, to your heritage, to how you grew up, to, uh, I don't know, your experience as a woman or a man or whatever, or any, I, any whatever it is, just trust that you have to, like, just keep it about you somehow or related to you and... That's I think that's for me the most important thing. I don't really believe in in uh, like or I don't really think it's uh, photo- like photography is about the the gear you have or the equipment or even even hatta analog or digital like as long as you shoot something that matters to you just keep doing it. It doesn't matter how you do it. Doesn't matter any خالص يعني. ف I think focus less. I, f- I feel like so many people, I find them just so obsessed with equipment and it's like, oh, like this lens or this, and it's like, yeah, but if I have all of these amazing technical uh, equipment, like what would that add to me? Because that does not have anything to do with why I started to take pictures or why I'm still taking pictures. Awesome. Thank you so much, Naza. This was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Najla Saeed, for your time with me today. Najla is an incredible photographer and you can check out her talent all over the internet and on her Instagram. The Egyptian Streets podcast is edited and produced by your host, yours truly, Nuran Morsi. Our theme music is The Zeppelin by Blue Dot Sessions. Thank you to the team at Egyptian Streets for supporting the work we do constantly. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can check out our past season on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've interviewed people like Bessim Youssef, Rosarine Elbey, Tina Mohammed, Ganzir, and so many more people. And don't forget to check out our last episode with Minute Deep, founder of Un Model Management. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help us reach even more listeners. Thank you for listening. I'm Noran Morsi.